we'll be going into, in the next few minutes, I'll be going into talking about destiny again. Um, yes. We started from the book of Jeremiah 29, verse 11. It says, For I know the plans I have towards you, says the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you hope and a future. And I told you that God made himself clear here that he has several plans for everyone he sends to this world. That is, between the time you were born to the time you, you will fulfill destiny, God will take you through several plans. Alright? God has said it. I want you to remember that I told you God is the Alpha and the Omega. You are the middle. So when you are born, God is there to make sure that you are born. That the devil can't kill you. And no one can stop you. And then God will now allow you to start walking through. Along your lifetime, your life path, the family where you are born, the city where you are born, or village or place where you are born, is all programmed by God in line with what your destiny is. That is what God has ordained for you to become in life. And God will allow you, or He, has, he will uh, uh, set around you, you know, friends you will grow with, you know, mates you will grow with, uh, teachers that will teach you, primary school, secondary school, to whatever, if you did university, if you don't, if you went to learn work and profession and so on like that. God will set all these things up for you. And the church where you will go, and to the end of your destiny and your life. And I said to you also, remember, because God has set all these things for you, in His infinite plans, so, so Satan has set for you, His messengers, who are human agents, that he will bring along your path as you go, especially when you get born again. For those who are not born again, he doesn't have much problem. Because they haven't got the indwelling spirit of God to discern from the right and wrong. So the devil can make them do anything. But for those of you, once you get born again, Satan will make sure. He set men along your path. People who will come in like angels, but they are devils. People who will come in like they are for you, but they are against you. People who have a form of godliness, but deny the power of righteousness. And if you are not careful, which is the situation of many people, they shipwreck their destiny. They never get to where God is ordained for them. But you know this, that God said he knows his plan, which means Satan cannot know God's plans for you. God showed us here, not only that, that the plans of God certainly is to prosper us. So anything that will wreck you is not from God. And then he says his plan for us is, to, is not to harm us. So it means anything that seeks like harming you cannot come from God. Now many Christians have accepted harm and said that his Job is like Job. Let me correct you something about Job. Job lived in the time of conscience. Even not in the time of law. He lived before Moses. Okay? And you have three dispensations in, 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 uh, you know, in the concept of man for the church. Conscience, when there was no law, from Adam to Moses, the time of law, which is Moses unto Malachi, and the time of grace, which is us. Now, if you look at, Job was never mentioned twice in the Bible. Or a circumstance, situation of Job was never repeated. Even in the time of law, nobody has such experience. God didn't permit it. 
So if God didn't permit it in the time of law, and we are the fulfillment of the law, it is impossible for it to repeat itself in our time of grace, in the time of grace. So what happens to you and I, when we get born again, this promise applies to us. There is no job test for anybody because the plan of God is not to harm you. So whenever anything seeks to harm a Christian, you must reject it and resist it. If you do not do that, then you have the tendency to be convinced by the devil that you are going through the test of Job. Whereas Job's time is very, very gone. If the devil can convince you about the situation you are, he can hold you in that situation as long as your ignorance persists. And the only thing that a Christian can do, because the Bible says my people are destroyed from lack of knowledge. It is your knowledge of the truth that triggers you into the truth. I want to show you something today. All this is just preparing you for the very area we are going into today. So therefore, understand this that God has a plan for you. He has a good plan for you. Either career, marriage, children and all stuff. He has a good plan for you. Now remember I told you that God's plan for you, God's plan for your life predates your, your conception. We said to Jeremiah, before you were conceived, I knew you. So God's plan for you predates your birth. It predates your conception. It predates your birth. And because of that, God designed you towards your destiny. That is the area that I'll be talking very much more now. God designed you towards your destiny. The way you are built, the way your organs are, the way your mental, your brain is, the way the whole of your body functions, it is God's design. And if you look at it, your body functions, your mind function, uh, or soul function, heart realm, has to do with the kind of human being God wants you to become. And this way God programmed you, they are the ways that will make way for you into career. Look, if you have three children growing in a house, a child doesn't like mathematics, the other child likes it. He doesn't like to read too much. And the other child likes reading, he doesn't like mathematics. So you have the one who loves mathematics, he can die with mathematics or calculation. And you have the other one give him a little calculation, he doesn't like it, doesn't know what he's doing. And he can read and read and read and read and read. What about what another child who doesn't want to read, no mathematics, nothing, he's just drawing. Or another child who doesn't draw, he just goes about fixing things he can't fix at home. And all these children will grow up. And one will become a technician, one will become a technologist, one will become a medical doctor, one will become a lawyer, one will become a professor, one will become, you know, an engineer, one will become a carpenter, one will become a painter and plumber and stuff like that. Because the way God created your metabol, your, 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 uh, um, your biology is in line with what God sent to do. God is a master planner of this world. If God did not do that, then we will have a lot of areas of production in this world that no one to fill. But it doesn't exist because God planned everything. When you look at, when you get to the very area of your forming or formation, you get very much com comfortable. Excelling in it very easily. Others will be finding it difficult in that area. But you will be finding it very easy in that area because that is what God created you to be. And you have some other people, the way God made them, they can be anything. They can go from here to there. You know, there is nothing they cannot learn. Anything they learn, they, they, they soon master it and become a genius in it. 
Because God designed you towards your destiny. And because God designed you towards your destiny, I want to say this to you. We'll look at a few case, case studies this morning. Because God designed you towards your destiny, let me, let me probably lay this, this foundation. Some of us discover our destiny very early because of circumstances and opportunities. Some of us discover our destiny in the middle age of our life. And some of us discover our destiny in the old time. But what I have found is that people who discover their destiny at a very young age, we see them or classify them as most fortunate. Because by the time they are middle age, they are executive somewhere, they are very rich somewhere, they are very successful somewhere, they are geniuses somewhere, they are, they are, you know, they are leaders in the areas of their field. But what about those who did not wake up? Because during your young age, for one reason or the other, could be human reason, could be satanic reason, demons and stuff like that, all because you are not saved, you could not identify your purpose in life. And you grew up knowing nothing. And at the age of 30, mid-30s, 40, you look at yourself and you feel, well, you are miserable. Now, Satan wants you to believe you are, you are miserable. You are not. Amen. You are not. Amen. Listen to me. You can recover or you can discover to recover destiny any age of your life. Look, Abraham, when he got called him in his 70s, that's when he started the journey. What about Moses? In his 80s, that's when he started his journey. And because Moses started late, we got the principle from there. God added 40 more years to his age, so that he lived, he lived 120. <coughs> he lived 120 and he looked young. You know the Moses they draw for you in uh, the Ten Commandments? That's not the real Moses. That's the Moses of the artists that they wanted to believe. Because the Bible tells us that Moses was 120 years old, and his eyes was like a young boy. <laughs> and God said, when I took you around the wilderness for 40 years, did you change your shoes? A man who was walking from jungle to jungle and leading people in walking for 40 years, at, at the age of 100 and 120, he will beat marathon. So don't look at Moses as the one they are showing you carry the rod in the, in the film and his head is so white, everything is white. No, that's not Moses. God renewed his youth because he, he discovered it to recover. Hallelujah, somebody. <laughs> Amen, man, man. Another thing I will be showing you is this. One of the things the devil uses to, 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 to uh, frustrate destiny is your disability. Your disability... Don't you think that God knew before you were disabled? If you are disabled, and when I mean disabled, I don't mean, I don't just mean people who are Down syndrome or who are very terrible one. There are a good number of us who are dyslexia. There are some of us who just have one disability or the other. Your disability may be that you are not brought, you, some, there are some I met, their parents died when they were at the age of a few months old or two months old or two years old or three years old. It's a disability. Some have impediments, like not ability to speak. You were very dull in primary school. People grab things before you, you know, understand information quick, and you are still asking questions. All right? And everybody keep picking on you because they said you are dull. You are not dull. Your disability cannot hinder your destiny. Somebody say amen. 
Oh man, the more I know of God, the more I'm so happy with Him. You know, if you discover late, you will recover today. Let me look at two characters and then we'll, we'll call it a day today. God brought you here today to change your reasoning. Amen. That reasoning that will be added to you shall fulfill your destiny. Amen. I cannot hear your amen. amen. I just came from Nigeria. I won't tell you what happened. It was explosive. Explore and sieve. Hallelujah. Add it together, multiply, expose, receive, and you get what I'm talking about. What I want to tell you today is this. Because God has, your, your, your destiny predates your conception. Before you were conceived, God said, I knew you. Before you were born, I set you apart. I ordained you, God says. Ordination is, is, is being made by God for your life. What will become in life is being agreed by God. And He has been posted in your spirit. Before you were born. Therefore, Tell someone beside you, no more excuse. Come on, let's look at the first issue. I will look at two characters briefly. The first character is Moses. You know, we have been reading uh, the book. I think today we are in uh, Leviticus 21 to 27. Is that correct? I was doing that in the plane. Don't worry if you didn't catch up. You will catch up sometime. I can't hear him. Everybody's cold now. <laughs> I said to myself that, <clears throat> what about if somebody stops me at the, at, the, at the entrance and says, Apostle, what is to be read today? And I, I say, God, if you look at the whole lifting course you have to read today from 21 to 27 and the Mark, the Mark uh, um, chapter. Nine to uh, ten. It tells you this. Put Mark aside for us. The whole of what's read in Levitical is talking about holiness. Holiness. That how a Christian should be holy. How how a, a Levite should be holy. How a Levite should not contaminate himself. How a Levite should not marry a person who is not the, who, a woman who has been disvirgin. How a Levite should not contaminate himself by the dead and all stuff like that. How, the the consequence of all of not being holy. That's all the summary of that those chapters. But let me say this to you. We give excuses concerning destiny. No more excuse. This man Moses, his story is so clear. This month we read about him. When he was to be born, the devil entered into Pharaoh to make sure he was not born. And then when he was born, a decree was made that he should, that every child born before him and after him to a certain range of age should be killed. Just like in time of Jesus Christ. And so they went out in a rampage and slaughtered children because of one man. But that man, who is Moses, escaped slaughter. Because the hand of God was upon him for a, for a destiny. Are you with me now? God knew that others would die. At the time he sends Moses, for sending Moses. God did not stop others from dying. But to Moses who has sent a messenger of Messiah. God will, he can destroy a nation because of a man. 
He protected him. Now let me help you understand this. The riddles and jokes of God, I call it. When God will begin to, to, to uh, you know, perform, he inspired the mother of Moses to put Moses in a basket and throw Moses in the water. Yes, Moses was throwing the water, and God commanded the water to carry Moses to where the Pharaoh was, the Pharaoh's daughter. The very house where his life is being sought, God has prepared that he shall be nurtured. Look at God. He ha- God. Do you think God has anything to fear? No! How can he take a child and send him to the house that decides to kill him? The people are not stupid. They knew he was, he was a Jew. When they picked Moses, they said, he's a Hebrew child. The mother put the sign of Hebrew there. The clothing was Hebrew. And yet they are to kill Hebrew. But this one, this Hebrew cannot be killed. Hallelujah, somebody. I said, this Hebrew cannot be killed. He said, for I know the plans I have towards you, says the Lord. The plans, <coughs> you know, <coughs> to prosper you and not have you. Let me help you understand. When this Hebrew boy was taken by the daughter of Pharaoh, she took this Hebrew boy to the Pharaoh who wanted to kill him, that this one is my boy, because your God, Pharaoh, brought him. Because the Pharaoh worshipped the Nile. And this child came from the Nile. What is his name? From the Nile have I brought him. Moses. That was his name. I would gather now. And he was adopted by his killer. Hallelujah. <laughs> if a man's way pleases God, he makes what? Even his enemies will be happy. That is the reason why in the Bible you have fear not, fear not, fear not fear, for every day. Why should a Christian be afraid? Your God can make your enemy your sponsor. That's why I, I have problem with Christians who pray that witches should die. If you kill all of them, who will be there to help us? Listen to me. You only need to know the Lord, the God of Israel. And just say by Him. It does not matter people, no matter how many people are boasting against you or threatening. You, even if you see them kill other people, don't you think you will die like that? Come on now, you can die like that. You can die. You see, God can allow people to be slaughtered all around you. And you walk through the midst of the fire on hot. Listen to me. His name is Yahweh. <laughs> That's a song. I don't know the thing in Nigeria. Yahweh. Put your hands together for this celestial choir. <laughs> His name is Yahweh. Do you know what? And when God finished with all that, and uh, Moses had learned all the skill of his enemies, he knows about all their gods, because he was trained as a, an Egyptian. He knows the secrets of their god. He is a custodian because he was born or raised in the palace. Really, a school of thought said that he was really, eyes were on him to be the next year. And when he felt that, oh, this is a destiny, God came and shook the table. And he became a vagabond. I think somebody who is in palace now become a wanderer. 
Somebody, a prophet, one of those first prophets you see in the church of God today will tell you that, ah, your enemy is after you. Which enemy is after you? <laughs> God, God said my plan is not to harm you. Someone say when I'm going through some situation that doesn't look like what the love that the enemy is after me. If he's not after me, where will we be after? Is he not after the person talking? Is the enemy not after the prophet too? The prophet will tell you the enemy is after you. What did you do for them? What all of us did for them, we have all sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. Don't let any man who cannot see beyond his nose and who calls himself a prophet or a minister, don't let them don't let them mess your life up anymore. If it happened to Moses, it will happen to you too. There are sometimes in your life things doesn't look good. Okay? There are some times in your life you don't even know what tomorrow lies. But if I don't know what tomorrow lies for me, <clears throat> and I don't know <coughs> whether I will survive this situation, I know that I know that I know that my Redeemer living. I can't hear you somebody. <laughs> and I know that I know that I know that God cannot lie. It is impossible for my God to lie. He will get me out of every predicament. Ephesians chapter 1 by 11, he said, And according to him who works out everything, counsel of his will. Everything happening in your life will work to the counsel of God's will. Satan will obey God because of you. Have nothing to fear. We are destined for greatness in Christ with tabernacle. I can guarantee you, follow me, you'll get there. <laughs> Amen forevermore. Listen to me. The Bible tells us that he became a wanderer and God wandered him to the land of Midian. So, when he got to the land of Midian, God caused him to go to the house of Jethro. Because of a help he rendered. You remember I said to you, he... he for you to fulfill your, ministry, your, 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 your destiny, you, you have to help other people. When you help other people, they fulfill their destiny, then your destiny is fulfilled. He only saw some girls that, are, that, that uh, you know, some men were trying to mess up. You know, they wouldn't let them fade the water. And you know, he was a king, so he was a, he was a, he was a fighter. He can keep people with his hands like that. So he got all the men, he faced all the men, and he disarmed everybody. And these guys were not shown as warriors. They are just shepherds, carrying sticks all over the place. And when he came in to defend somebody who had been intimidated because he had the strength to do so, it earned him a wife. Hey. <laughs> Hallelujah! <laughs> and the destiny fulfilled. <laughs> Amen forevermore. Look. I, one day I will talk to you about that man Moses. You will be so shocked. You will be so shocked. How God is working behind the button for your life. And you don't know God is working. You don't know God is working. You have situations in your life you are crying. I made up my mind not to cry for situations, but to celebrate situations. Either it's good or bad, I will be happy. I wake up in the morning, either the morning is good or bad, I will be happy in the Lord. Because the future is good. I don't know the future. I don't have to know the future. I don't need the power to tell you my future. Because my future is the hand of the one I serve. He will deliver me safe. Come on now. We just came this week, two weeks. We wedded three people. 
Really, four weddings within two weeks. Ah, I me. Mean, they're just wedding everywhere. Wedding, 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 wedding like welders. They are wedding and wedding. <laughs> Hallelujah. And I saw the one that wedded recently among them that. You know something? I think it's yesterday I was preaching another wedding. Last Friday, I preached a wedding. Saturday, last Friday, I preached a wedding. This Saturday, yesterday, I was preaching in her wedding like, like, like uh, you know, about afternoon. I said, you see, that is not for better for worse in wedding. But in theater, we'll say whether that is easy or difficult. That could be a difficult time. Some people call it worse. It's part of the ingredient that makes the honey. Hallelujah, somebody. It keeps us going. Oh, I'm, I'm, I'm fed up and walking away from this marriage. The marriage will work after you. <laughs> Hallelujah. You cannot disengage once you say yes. Period. Finish. Finito. Ah. Believers of Jesus Christ must know this. Behind everything that looks like harm for you, God is working. He knew it before it happened. He could have stopped it. If he did not stop it, he is working something out for your life. Some of our pass through tribulations that are heavier than other people. Is working towards our eternity. Listen to me. Your ability to recognize that your God is in control is the key. That is the key. That God is not God to you only when you have money, or when you have promotion, or when you have success. That you can celebrate God when things seem so bad and terrible. That is a saint of God. That is what God expects of you. That means a child who trusts his father, who has confidence in his God. He promised you, and it seems as if you lost it. No, he, he didn't change his mind. It is because the time has not come for it. Are we together now? Anybody who bases the definition of God on his achievements has been deceived by Satan. Are we together now? You hear what I say? In Nigeria, I was interviewed. When I entered Nigeria, I was interviewed by a TVC. TVC that you watch here. And I have been looking for how I will get my program into TVC. Here a man at TVC had about Alfred Williams. They came to interview me. What I'm saying to you is this. You see, you must know who God is. The circumstance of your life, if, if God is defined by your success, then it's not God. No, it's not God. That is what Nigerian Christians, majority of them have, the God that has been presented to many Nigerian Christians is the God that blesses them. What about the God that says no to blessing? I will gather. So, many Nigerian Christians, if they look for something from God and they don't get it, they leave the church. Okay, because they think that God is not in the church. Their own God is defined as the one Say it, have it now. Today, 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 today. Jesus must answer me today, today. Is that in Nigeria? We fire fire by force. But they do not know that Jesus will give me tribulation today, today. Tribulation is not in their own. They don't tribulate. Let me say something to you. <laughs> The journalists are asking me questions about Nigeria, about the church of Nigeria that have gone upside down. 
First of all, when they came to me, I said to them that, look, guys, you are from TVC. I said, ask any question under heaven, I will answer you. As regards the church. The head of the, of the, of the, of the um, crew said to me that, you know, <laughs> he said, Apostle, we are briefed about who you are. And he said, let me tell you, what we know that you are is intimidating us. I said, intimidating you? I said, tell me the story. They said, well, it happened that you are also a broadcaster. We were told that you are a land surveyor. We were told that you are in the law now, stuff like that. And I said, don't let your heart be troubled. That, that is not the issue for now. The issue for now is the common sense issue of the church of God in Nigeria. And when they began to ask me questions, I began to answer them. I will help them formulate questions because they were just looking. They don't know what to ask. So, at the end of the time, they now ask me a question. With all this knowledge you have, and with your heart for this nation, how can you help this country? Or do you think you can help this country? Because, you see, they have this accusation they have on uh, governments and they have on ministers. And I told them, you know, when they asked that, when I was going to ask answer, I broke down. Because the answer is shorter than the question. The answer is, they will not listen. Because a punishment has been determined by heaven, by the scale of their disobedience and wrong. And the eyes of man among them have not seen that they are doomed to be punished. And the place where they are, in the scale of judgment, they will not listen. And all the people interviewed me started crying. And the Spirit of God came to me and said to me, I appointed a Jehu over Nigeria. <clears throat> they call him Muslim. And because of that, the church of God in Nigeria refused to pray for him. And Satan prevailed against him to hinder what I assigned him to do. He said, because of that, another tougher shall be assigned over them. Because they must finish this course. The person that will bring Nigeria to, to, to destiny, they have delayed him for another four years. Because after this government, Nigeria was supposed to enter destiny. But because Nigeria ministers, all of, many of them blind, and those who, those who are the Tobu country, people, they are totally blind. They hear no more from God. And they have lied to the people. Against the man, because they threw their hands are dirty. I told them on television, when the truth of TV is, I will tell all of you to watch it. And I said to them, that is the reason why this course has to be repeated. This one they call him Fulani Hasman. Where it is the sins of the fathers so called in Nigeria who are in the church that cause the spirit, is not Fulani Hasman. Fulani people are good people. The same spirit, I told you all of you here, many years ago when Boko Haram was gallivanted that look at them as they are making noise. They, I saw them go under. You remember I told you that? And then they spread under the grass. And before you know it, they appeared in every state in Nigeria. I said it became a big fire. Now, it is not the Fulani husband. Even the one you call Boko Haram is not the tribe. It's a spirit of judgment that entered into You, did, you were doing uh, Isaiah, uh, you know, uh, in before I left now. That's what we were dealing with. You remember Isaiah chapter 10, which you studied, where Prophet Isaiah prophesied about the birth of uh, Sinacherub, I mean, about the king of Sinacherub, and how God will use him to destroy all the kings who are disobedient, and at the end, God will turn him to go and attack his own church, children, so that God can kill him too. You remember? And it was so. 
If you don't come to midweek, are you are? You are looking at me like that. What study before I left is what I've just told you. Because I was in their class too to study. To hear them teach. Amen. So I told them that for Nigeria, don't worry. You have another, another time. Because God revealed to me, and I told you, Bari will win, and he will rule for four, four years. Just one time. I said to you that, what will happen after the four years, I don't know. But his time is four years. Now because Nigeria, the Christians in Nigeria, the leaders of Christians in Nigeria have decided to be lying to people. Instead of them to repent of their sins of squandering God's money and all this money and stuff. They are lying to the people. So they haven't learned lessons. So God will give them a tougher lesson. I saw the minister, get ready. It's going to be tougher. Before it will go good, it will be tougher. But why am I telling you this? Don't, you see, in Nigeria, an average Nigerian Christian defines God as, as, uh, from the breakthrough that he have. I think Americans follow. God of breakthrough. Even there's a minister who said that he is a minister of breakthrough. He's a liar. His breakthrough is when he collects your money and put it in his pocket. That's all. <clears throat> and you can go and do whatever you like. He's a breakthrough. That's, that's breakthrough minister. Hmm? The man who didn't break through himself. And is breaking people's pockets and breaking through to people. Hallelujah, somebody. That is the way of breakthrough. To break your pocket and perforate your pocket. And, and so that he can go and buy yours and buy jets and all stuff like that. Those things will stop before the end of this year. Come on, let's finish this lecture. Let me, let's finish this lecture. <laughs> Some people don't like me and I don't like them too. Hallelujah, somebody. How many people are from Ibadan in Nigeria here? Raise your hand up. You are from Ibadan. Okay. Uh, you are from Ibadan. You are from Ibadan. You are from Ibadan. All right. How many of you are from uh, River State? River State. You are from River State. How many of you are from Aba? Oh, Aba Transpose. You are from Aba? How many of you are from Ogun State? Ah. Okay. You see all of you that I mentioned your state too? Or your state? How many of you are from your state? Then the good state, then uh, river state, there's a lot of river there. And then, <laughs> those of you who are from uh, Abba, the rest of them, how many of you are from Jaws? Jaws, Plato, Plato, I don't know what they call that place. Jaws, Bauchi, to all those areas. Now, let me tell you this. On this trip, we have signed a contract. CFT program is going to all those states. I didn't hear you. I didn't hear you. <laughs> now, let me, with NCA. That's national television. Now let me say this. All of you raise your hand up. You are the one who will pay for it. I didn't hear a man. That's it. A higher amen. Do you, do you want your people to hear the truth? And then we pay for it. I've told them I signed the contract now because I have money. I, uh, yeah, we have Edo too now. Edo, Bini, and uh, Delta. They cover that all together. And it's not, it's not, they give me discounts that they don't give anybody. You know what happened? The head of all the television stations, when the Pastor Bella went to tell him that Apostle Williams want to come to your station, the man said that, which Apostle Williams? He said, Apostle Williams from Christ he said, he said, I was the one who put him on television many years ago. He said, when I put him on television, when I had his message, I put him on the best time. Uh, 7.30 after 7.30 news on Sunday so that all the junters of Nigeria will hear him. 
And he said that another church came and told me to remove that message because that message, you know, he wants to pay double for the time. He said, I won't remove him. And he said, okay, I will pay you four times. And the man said that that man, you know why you pastors, you want me to remove this man? All of you are liars. This man's message is pinching you, isn't it? He said, I even give me a million for it, I will not remove him. He said, I retain that man's message until all the rulers of Nigeria had his voice. He said, so if he's coming to Nigeria now, I will give him a syndicate. I don't know what syndicate is, but syndicate by definition, <coughs> his definition, is that I will come into one NTA and all NTAs in Nigeria will can hear it at the same time. After news. That's what he says to me. So, devil is in what? Trouble. Your God is not defined by your success. What about your trial? It defines him. The times of sorrow defines him. One day I was mourning over, you know, somebody that I sorrowed about. God took one of my very best to my heart. You know? And I will come to, the, to my garden. I will be looking like this. I think he's coming. For months. And then the Lord told me one day. He's my son. I raised him like the first son of my birth in my family. He was an elder here. In eventually before he died. And he spends all his weekend with me. So I was looking one day to the garden. It would seem as if in my head that he's here. He's coming. I buried him. It was the first time I cried in a funeral. I never in my life cried when my parents died because my parents would die anyway. And we pray that they should be old. They are old enough. They go. They have taught me the way. So they handed the over to me. I don't have to cry celebrate them. And then one day the Lord told me that, Son, why are you mourning over him? He said, he's resting with me. He said, now, you can see how my, what my mother went through when I died in my 30s. You know, Jesus died in his 30s. And he said, son, you will soon see him, no matter how long it is. So for him, the Lord had to take me to heaven and show him, show him to me to cool my head. In your sorrow, your God is God. In your trial, your God is God. In your tribulation, your God is God. Even while you are going through temptation, His hand sustains you. So let, let's define God by our success. So that only when we have success, we celebrate. No, rejoice in the Lord always and again and again and again and again and again. And again I say what? Rejoice! Finally, this man, God called him out of the burning bush. Let me help you understand the three excuses of Moses. Exodus chapter 3 verse 11. But Moses said to God, who am, who, am, who am I that I should go to Pharaoh and bring the Israelites out of what? Egypt. The first thing that confronts a man when God shows you a higher task. A destiny that is quite extraordinary, so much superior to your understanding. Their first question is lack of confidence in yourself. Who am I, Lord? Let that excuse stop for you. If the Lord appoint one of you, as you are here, maybe you wear only one shirt, and they appointed you to come and be king, 
Don't say, who am I? Go, because it's your destiny. If you look at your lower state, that should keep you in sanity when you are on the high pedestal. If you look at your beginning, it's not to discredit you. It should make you behave and be humble when you are placed. So first excuse is who am I? That is an excuse, an excuse that emanates from your uh, inability to conceive that you are the one that God is calling. Second excuse is who are you yourself? God. Who is God? Exodus 3.13 Moses said to God, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your father has sent me to you. And he asked me, What is your name? Then, what shall I tell them? The first question is, Who am I? God, I can't. The second question is, Who are you, God? This is beyond God. Exalted circumstances above God himself. How can I be sure that God is the one talking to me? When is big thing God is telling you to do? If it is a small thing, you don't uh, doubt. It's a big thing you begin to ask that. Who are you, God? The third question is about your disability. Exodus 4, 10 to 12. Moses said to the Lord, O Lord, I have never been eloquent. I was born, stammerer, neither in the past nor since you have spoken to, to your servant. I am slow of speech and tongue. God, you made a mistake. That's what he's saying. You are telling me, a stammerer, that I will be the speaker of the house. Which man will I use to speak? How can I campaign? I'm not very educated. How can I occupy the position? He says, Lord, I am disabled. And the Lord said to him, verse 11, Who gave man his mouth? Who makes him deaf or mute? Who gives him sight or makes him blind? You know all these things, when I read them, I wonder whether Nigerian ministers don't read Bible. Because if somebody is deaf and mute, they will say a demon in their house. You know, I had something when I went this trip. God gave the women of rare destiny have been launched out of CFT now, straight away. Come on and put your hands together. In a very big way. And they are starting their program in a hall in Asokro, a place called Asokro, Asokro in, in Abuja. The people who live there, they are the principalities and powers of Nigeria. That is where God led Pastor Vera to go and start the Women of Rare Destiny. He said that if we, women will succeed in this country, we will get their tops, the, all the heads of the women. He said there is complex problem that they, they, have, they have. They don't know who, how to do it and where to go. And God will use women of rare destiny. Alright? So women of rare destiny have been launched in Asokuro. Really, they have reg uh, 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 booked the same hall, another bigger hall, for CFT Abuja to begin. I told them that let me start my television program. Three months, and then we launch that. People want 
somebody who can hear God. Not those who lie. This man, God said to him, who made man blind? Not demons, I, God said. Who made them cripple? It's I. If you are born with a deformity, it's I. Who, who, who can question God? I told you that the blind man they brought to God, uh, to Jesus, and he said, who sinned? Your father or your mother, his father and parents or whatever. And Jesus said that none of them sinned. This one was caused by God, so that the name of God be glorified. Do you know what I believe? Every disability of your life is for God to glorify himself. That's why God allowed it. That's why God allowed it. It's a matter of finding the God who allowed it, then he will be glorified. I would get it now. So God said to, to Moses that, what are you telling me? You think, you think I, I don't know that you are a stammerer? You think I don't know that you have this disability? And then I ordain you to go and be the deliverer. Yeah, I did it because you are, you are, you are, you are a disability. God will bless you because of your disability. Disability doesn't mean physical impairment. It could mean any other thing, something you are not able to do. They just, they just promoted you to an office that you think you are not qualified. And as far as the office is concerned, you are qualified. Uh, well, they would train me. They said, no, you don't need to train. You have knowledge. Ah, God, how will I do this? Ah, they are going to ridicule me. You have the knowledge inside you. You have the knowledge inside. It's a matter of looking inside you and then look at the one outside who is God himself. If he puts you in that position, he, will, he has equipped you for it. And it will turn it loose. When you occupy that position of fear, the position you fear that you cannot occupy, that you will fail. Come on now. God said, who gave, him, who gave the stammerer to stammer the mouth? Who gave him mouth to stammer? I love it. Do you know what God said? It is I, the Lord. Verse 12 says, now go. God does not care about your disability. Is he sending you? He didn't change his mind. Your excuse does not change the mind of God. What did God says? Let me together. Now go. Excuse me. Is this, is this a CFT headquarters? Maybe I preach you too much. I'm going to have coffee now. <laughs> Let's read this scripture together. Who said it? On what occasion? To who? Me. God said it to me. He said it to you. Stop sitting where you are. If it is thinkable, it is doable. If God gave you a good idea, now go, he will help you. God gave you a good inspiration, now go, he will help you. Do what God is saying to your brain. Know what you think you can do. Every good thing, I made up my mind that every good thought that flashed through my head must be done. And every evil thought that comes out of, into my head must be bound. Take thought captive. You need to obey. But every good thought, don't take it captive. Oh. Do it. Many of you is the reverse. Good thought, you take captive. Bad thoughts, you execute. Hallelujah, somebody. That will not be your portion anymore. It won't be your person anymore. Why? God says, no, you're handicapped. Go with your handicappy. Go with that your, or your, your, your weakness and weariness. Why? I am waiting to help you, but you have to go first. If you don't go, I can't help you. If you remember you, I can't help you. That's what God is saying here. I love you so much. You know, not only that, look at this disability stuff. Exodus 6, 20, 27, 28 and, and uh, Exodus 6, verse 28. 
He says, Now when the Lord spoke to, to Moses in Egypt, He said to him, I am the Lord, tell Pharaoh king of Egypt everything I tell you. That's what I'm supposed to do to all of you. When I want to tell you the truth or any of my pastors here, we don't weigh you. We just give you busa. Amen. Forevermore. <laughs> we just release the, the, uh, the cat. Now it says, Tell Pharaoh, king of Egypt, everything I tell you. Verse 30 says, But Moses said to the Lord, Since I speak, we this. this Moses didn't learn at all. But you know, Moses is. One of us are like him. Many of you are like him. So let me say this to you. You must not be the most like the Moses that was arguing with God. You must be like the Moses who said to the Red Sea. And there was way. That's a different Moses. He has seen fire come down. He brought the light. Darkness here and light here. Then he has strength. He has seen signs and wonders. A rod becoming a serpent. He has seen several miracles. <coughs> that is how many Christians are. You don't have to see miracles to believe God. Be the Moses that believed God from the beginning. You see what he says here? I love this one. But Moses said to the Lord, Since I speak with flattering lips, why should Pharaoh listen to me? Mm-hmm. He won't listen to you now. He's listening to God in you. Amen. That's what he didn't understand at the time. Look at God's reply, chapter 7, verse 1. Then the Lord said to Moses, See, I have made you what? Like God. <laughs> to who? To Pharaoh. And your brother Aaron will be your... You know what, I, what God told me to write there? God has made provision for your disability in destiny. He has provided the help for you before sending you for destiny. But you can't attain it unless you move out. You can't attain it unless you step out. Finally, your age is no barrier to your destiny. And it can never be too late for you. Look at what it says. Exodus 7, 6-7. Moses said, Moses and Aaron did, did just as the Lord commanded them. Moses was 80 years old and Aaron 83 when they spoke to Pharaoh. I closed my book because I have to go to the cathedral then. Your age is not a barrier. At least in this church, God is using Apostle Williams to show you that at old age you can see pursue a new career completely. You know those uh, media people when they came to come and interview me. You know now when they want to go interview me, my head is very, very cool. I'm very, very happy because, you know, something is inside here. <laughs> Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, something is here. here. Man, re- man write it, man read it, man pass it, finish. So, <laughs> that is what is called definition of book. Man read it, man write it, man read it, man pass it. You know, when they came and they were interviewing me, the, the, w- the greatest mistake any interviewer can do is to say that, Who are you, Apostle Williams? That itself can take an hour eschatology. But whatever the case may be, whatever the case may be, and they were asking me about my, what is my drive, what is my motive in life, what is my achievement and stuff. And I told them that, let me tell you the last one. I just finished my Institute of International Child Arbitration exam with a, with a distinction. And they said to me that, 
I, you are serious now. I'm reading. You should have been told. I'm reading. <laughs> then they ask me that, okay, when will you stop reading? When I die. Because the Bible tells you that knowledge is good. Seek it with all you have. Why should I keep on reading? Because of the nonsense going on in the church. I'm a clergyman, and all many clergy are just going, they are doing strange stuff. Somebody or some of us need to derogate from that area so that when they will put us in, in, in public interview like this, that they will wash out and wash down, mess up other ministers, when we sit, whoever is going to interview us will think seven times. Because we, 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 we are the remnant that God ordained to restore integrity to his name. There is nothing about their own type of minister that they have in their mind. All ministers are this. Nothing of such is in us. Not, I live in people's houses when I go to Nigeria. It doesn't matter to me. If I have a house all these years when I'm not going to Nigeria regularly, that is... Somebody has a house, he locked it. When some people pass there, they say that nobody is there. They went and stole his jeep. In, a, in an estate with gates, where people have to press buttons to enter. The robber went and stole his car and drove out from the main gate as the owner. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Here in Nigeria, they are subscribed. Hallelujah, somebody. Not all of us who, I mean, I mean, when. Anything Nigeria does, it does it to the end. So those who do good, they do good to the end. They read, they read to the end. There is no more space to read. They steal, they steal to the end. There is no more smart. You, FBI can understand them. MI9, or what they call them, MI6, MI5. They need, they need in England MI9 to be able to really understand. They have gone beyond MI5, MI6. They have gone beyond MI9, you know. The guy drove out. So what I'm saying to you is that what they always accuse Nigerian ministers, lavishness, you know, you know, they accuse them of ego, you know, you can't go near them. You have bodyguards guarding them. Hallelujah, somebody. They can't eat in the public. They can't eat with members. All those kind of things. They walk very slowly so that you can respect. They talk calmly so that you can respect. And they are now having big bellies. Hallelujah, somebody. Big belly is part of the delicacies that can make you look respected. Respect all the time. Good Rolex. Start your shirt and all stuff like that. I think I will follow my, I will follow my, my, my minister of external affairs in England. <laughs> I will follow my friend Boris. The guy just doesn't care about anybody. He said he can come out of this way. He's going. Hallelujah, somebody. Yeah, yeah, I don't care anybody. I follow the guy. I just love him. He is what he is. He doesn't have to be any politically correct or any dressically correct. And all those guys just... Uh, and when he talks to, he just says just like that. Hallelujah, somebody. He doesn't care what you think about. He cares what he's saying. And he can repeat himself again and again until you hear him. Hallelujah, sir. If he makes a mistake, he's a human being. No problem. So, therefore, that is why I read. Not to put you to shame. So that people can respect you. When you say that you are from Apostle William's church, 
Satan will begin to shake. Human beings, human beings who take advantage of others will think seven times that this one, anywhere you go, he's wise. He will catch you. That's what I'm reading. But you see, the other thing is that if I'm reading at this age, <clears throat> because I spoke to one of our old friends, because we are going to be in Zaria, he said, Apostle, do you know? That's a Zaria man. <laughs> he said, Apostle, do you know that you surprise all of us? He said, we thought that you have finished law. You are still reading. I said, yeah, when I finish now, I've already I'm preparing for my PhD in law. He said, what? He said, sir, look, you need to come and lay hands on all of us. He said, I'm for real. He's a medical doctor. He's a medical doctor, the person I'm telling you about. But many, many years he graduated. But when he hanged it well, he faced ministry squadly. But I'm saying this, whatever you are, you were before God called you. You must carry it on into the calling. Because God will use that to help somebody. He will use that to empower somebody. He will use that to train somebody. Now we want to run hospital. Next week I'll talk to you now. Now, before I go, are you blessed at all this morning? Your destiny is sure. Either you like it or not, you will be blessed. I didn't hear that. Amen. Your blessing is not subject to debate. Some people don't believe in you, believe in yourself and believe in the Lord. Some people talk rubbish about you, don't revoke what they said. Because the Bible says God turned their curses to blessing. If somebody curses you and says, over my dead body, it's because you believe it's a curse. It has power. When people curse you and say, more, 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 more of that. Because the Bible says God turned their curses to blessing. If they don't curse you, that's another blessing you will not get. That's the principle of that. If you are a member of CFT, I welcome you to the 28th year anniversary. Put your hands together for the Lord. Now this is what we are going to do. We have seven days and we are in our 28th year. This year's anniversary happened to be to fall on Sunday, which was what it was on the day we started. We started Sunday the 4th, 1990. And on 28th year is Sunday the 4th, 2018 of March. So this, and this is the year God said to us that all what they have been promising us will happen. Now let me say this to you. If you were sick, your sicknesses already have been terrified. Because in this year, God will fulfill His promise over your life, over your body, over your family, over your career, over your finance. Whatever the devil has stolen from you, God will arrest you. He will pay several times, the Bible says. And so, tomorrow to Friday is intercession in all CFT Global. Gather yourselves together and pray into the manifestation of God's grace. If you have not been coming to meet me before, Friday, tomorrow Monday to Friday this week, don't miss it. Gather together in your parishes and pray. Before Jesus was born, two people caught it. And because they prayed, they could not die until they saw Jesus Christ. We are going into 28th year, which falls into the same day when we started. It is not a coincidence, it is God's incident. God is about to turn tables of the money changers around. God is about to turn water into wine. 
Come on now. Something from heaven will happen to us. Sanctify yourself for tomorrow the Lord will do amazing things. So I leave you with this. 6 p.m. is when we pray in New Cross. Tomorrow, those who call upon the name of the Lord, give yourself no rest and give God no rest. Because we are entering into covenants with God. Manifestation of covenant. I don't want any one of you to miss out from this week.